Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Kane's Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. Welcome to another edition of the Kane's Corner Podcast. Adam Gold here with Carolina Hurricanes legend, ambassador. Eric Cole, you always laugh when I call you a legend. Yeah. You're not comfortable with legendary status, are you? No, not really. I just, <laughs> I, I disagree with it. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't disagree with that. I sure can. You can't deny legendary status. You are a legend here. I, I don't think so. St- I still see number 26 jerseys at uh, at PNC Arena. Yeah. Well, I, I got a lot of family and friends that uh, moved down here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, by the way, you'll be playing in the alumni game. Yes, I will. Um, are you ready for that? You in uh, you in skating? When was the last time you were on skates? Uh, oh, you, you coach yesterday. So yeah, yeah. So okay, you skate. So uh, that's a bad question. Yeah, no. I uh, this just means that I'll I'll start upping my reps at at the practices ah. <laughs> with so, the kids. All right. So obviously, this is not the first time uh, you've participated in the alumni game. What was your level of soreness the next day, or typically two days later? Uh, wasn't bad. No, nothing really. Um, I, I Is literally it because you didn't give any effort during the alumni game. No, we. Uh, I. I mean, I even we did the cop game too. Uh, okay. Against RPD and uh, we did that in November. Okay. Yeah, smoke them. I was trying. <laughs> I got yelled at to stop trying so hard. Oh really? Yeah, but the, I, I tell everybody this is what you get. You're gonna invite me to these things. <laughs> They want the full experience. Uh, actually, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Sean Hill's coming back again. Oh, okay. And uh, he's just an absolute uh, treat at these events. Um, he was in the locker room, uh, you know, just went up to the front of the board and uh, the whiteboard, and he put, like, the Sally list, he called it, and he's like, you know, <laughs> just come on up here and write your name if you don't want to be, you know, hit at all out right? on the ice or if you want the full experience. <laughs> Of course, Aaron Ward was the first one to put his name on the board. Um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. Great event and uh, always a great time. Actually, Jesse Bullerese has just mm-hmm. been organizing a little email chain to try and uh, get the alumni that are in the area uh, together. It's like every time we get together, we always talk about, man, we need to get together more. Right. And uh, good on Jesse to uh, take the lead on that. And uh, it's been a great response from all the guys uh, to start at least once a month, just get together for a, a right. lunch or uh, you know a happy hour or something like that, and just chit chat and catch up. I'm surprised Jesse didn't try to organize a poker night. Uh, I think that that's just a little bit tougher with everyone's <laughs> schedule and the kids and right. Yeah, I, I think it's well, just so isn't he a pro? It's just safer. I mean, I think he's semi pro <laughs> when it comes to that, but it's just safer to go ahead and uh, try and we'll, we'll start small with a lunch. And I get it. We'll see where it goes. See, so you. Kind of, I don't even know if there's an answer to this question that you haven't already given, because uh, I was going to ask you, the teammate most likely to take the game too seriously? 
Because it almost um, sounds like it's you. No, no, not really. Because well, when I first played in uh, in one, it was you know I I had kind of heard the rumors that it was Glenn Wesley really? that was the one kind of taking it too serious, like sliding into guys like that were on a two on one. He was like sliding into their <laughs> sticks or something like that, or he did it to Ronnie. I think even really? Ronnie was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it's. It's 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 kind of it's fun because you can you can like at times like mm-hmm. do certain things that like uh you know you would normally do in a game and it just and it kind of freaks out the people that are playing in the game that you know <laughs> aren't uh you know the more experienced skaters out there uh but it's just it's an it's just an enjoyable experience overall because mm-hmm. you can you can do some things that are you know funny and you're poking fun at him and stuff like uh a couple years ago when uh um is it minter did the uh Wade Minter, yeah, yeah so he's he, great so he does the he announced his own goal after he had scored and so he came over and lined up and and so i was lined up on the right wing and i always used to do this thing during games where if i had a lefty a left hand shot he'd always i'd let him put his stick under mine or inside of mine and then right before the puck would drop, I would just chop across on this player's stick and typically just knocks them off balance to the point where they just fall flat on their face and they <laughs> kiss the ice. And uh, it was always a lot of fun to, like, you'd do it in front of your own bench. And like, right. and so the guy would fall and you're just like, oh, whoa, sorry, careful. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Are you okay? And uh, I did that to him and <laughs> he... Of course, fell right right down face first, and I just started giggling because it's just little things like that that you can you can do and have some fun with. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I don't really take it too serious. I'm I'm always good to you know take a few penalties every now and again. The Ron the ref will come up to me and be like, you know, a penalty shot is the result of a penalty. You don't have to go sit in the box. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, so all penalties result in penalty shots? Yeah, yeah. So it, No matter where they happen during no the No matter game? where they happen, yeah. Okay. And so it's always fun. You just, you, you, you throw like a, like a full body check on somebody right. and or just anything, just trip somebody on a breakaway. You can do pretty much whatever. That's a badge of honor to be... Uh... To be hooked or tripped or something by uh, by well, you that's or the Sean experience. Hill, that's right? why they that's why they pay this money to support the foundation. Uh, that's uh, that's cool. Again, all the information is at uh, hurricanes.com. The alumni game is always fun. Uh, you're a hockey dad, so oh, yeah. um, we're. I mean, do you draw from your parents as a hockey dad, uh, or is this? I mean, how how are you approaching this whole thing? No, it's absolutely. Um, I am. I am, and try to be as much as possible a product of of my you know kind of upbringing with uh, when it comes to the sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only am I the hockey one of the hockey dads, I'm also the coach. Right. So a little bit of a fine line, but I was so fortunate to to have the coaches that I did growing up in Oswego, um, guys that had. All you know, played central at, New played York at State, a, by the way. Yeah, central, central New York, not western. Got it right for for the first, first time, time in four a, years. in a long time, purposely, <laughs> and uh, and just guys that had you know they had played at a high level. Uh, there's a, a a coach that 
coached me at this age group, who's uh, Ed Gozik. He's now coaching uh, the Oswego State Lakers team, the Division Three program. He's been there for a long time. He was with them um, when they won a national championship and just a, a tremendous guy. And I, I tried so hard to try and get my team up there this year for some games right. just because I wanted to be able to put him in front of like not just my player group but my parent group just to, okay. for him to give his take on me at that age because if anyone <laughs> would have seen me at that age they never would have been like oh this guy's this guy's yeah for sure he's going to be an <laughs> NHLer someday there was no shot really yeah, yeah. you're a late bloomer late is that what bloomer. you're saying yeah and I'm the runt so like it's <laughs> you're a runt I'm All a right runt then. as far as the family goes yeah I got okay. I got big big siblings and cousins and all right, man. Yeah. Your uh, the family get-togethers. Oh, I used to get pounded on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was the. I was always the, and I was. I was basically the youngest. Uh, I had two more uh, cousins that were born after me, but um, they weren't around all the time. And uh, I was the kid that always woke up with uh, you know toothpaste in his hair, no pillow, <laughs> just stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So does Landon call you dad or coach? At the rink, it's coach. In fact, it really? starts starts in the car. Yeah, he, he'll he'll sometimes slip up every now and again, and I have to remind him. But yeah, it's coach at the rink. He gets treated just like everybody else. He well, gets that, yelled at just like everybody else. Maybe more. Yeah, probably a little bit more. Do you, he, are you harder he, on Landon than you are the well, other players? Well, there's there's been a couple times this year where I've I've actually had to just send him for the ride home with somebody else or the ride back to the hotel. Really? I'm, like, I'm like, he can't ride home with me. <laughs> just, well, and it's not even just my frustration with him. It can be just my frustration with the group, but uh, he doesn't need to hear all that. Oh, okay. So it's, so you just shout. There's into a, the, no, into the I just, I wheel? just, I just need, need time to <laughs> decompress is the best way to say it. But at the, at the end of the day, they're 14. So right. it's, um, you know, we were playing a game a couple of weeks ago and one of the opposing parents like asked me a question in the second period and he's, he's is this your number one goalie? Like, is your, is your, is your number right. one goalie playing tomorrow or is this your number oh. one? I was like, I was like, what day is it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who knows? I was like, I was like, it's Saturday. I was like, yeah, maybe he's number one today. I don't right. know, but he could be number one tomorrow. You never know. Like, it's just, you, you never know what you're going to get with these kids. So it's, at times you just have to remind yourself as a coach you're just like ah, you know what they're 14 so right. they they can be really really good at times really great at times actually and uh really horrible at other times and just mm -hmm. checked out and you're just you just shake your head at them so sort of like obvious yeah it's yeah. <laughs> no I'm kidding exactly <laughs> um uh, does does landon's game remind you of your game at all uh, a little bit at times, uh, for you certain. You were a left shot, right? yeah, playing um, the right wing. I can't believe he. Yeah, so he's a right hand shot and plays the left wing. Um, Seems to be all the rage. Well, so I can help him out with some of those things and just body position things. But again, like he's he's you know still a little bit undersized. Uh, he's started to hit a growth spurt, but mm -hmm. um, height wise, he still needs to fill out and get stronger and things like that. But his stride is eerily similar mm -hmm. uh to mine um and is he a trash talker like his dad i think he's a little bit of a if i'm allowed to say something disturber out there 
uh, yeah, he, he, he'll mix it up a little bit, but at the, uh, I think at the same time, you know, he's just like any one of the kids on the team. There's when, when they're on, they're really on. And mm-hmm. when they're not, they're really not. And there's not, <laughs> there's usually not a ton of middle ground in there. Right. Um, but he, he's, he's had a good year and, uh, it's been a good development year. I think not only for him, but for the whole group, um, it's a, we had a lot of returning kids uh, from last year's team, so I think that that kind of helped. And, you know, all the things that I was trying to teach them last year uh, have just started making more sense this year. That agitation part of it, doesn't the sport need it? Don't you almost have it? To me, there are very few players who are good players if they don't have some element of that. Yeah, and I would... It's not even so much an agitation. It's a competitiveness. For me, it's just it's your compete level. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that compete level is something that it's hard to teach. Like somebody just kind of has to develop it or has it or doesn't. Like you just have to be on the ice or whatever sport it is and just not want to lose. Like you have to care about winning so much that um, that you just you, you. do not want to let anyone, uh, you know, stop you from achieving what you're trying to accomplish. I think for me, that was something that, and, and I grew up in a different, you know, kind of scenario when it came to the hockey, like now, nowadays, everything's all birth year grouped together. Okay. Um, we always, I grew up and I think it could solely just because of numbers, but we had two birth years that played together. Okay. So you were the younger kid the one year, and then you were the older kid the second year. And we had that scenario last year where we had a few older kids and then a lot of first-year uh, players to that level. And so it it forced these kids to have to compete against some older competition, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a, a real benefit to have. And right. I think that for me growing up with that situation and being – you know, a little bit of a late bloomer and always being kind of undersized. You had to find a way to compete with these guys and you couldn't always do it on a physical level. Mm-hmm. So you had to do it uh, by skating and angles and just things like that. So I think that that helped me because then all of a sudden when I was shoulder to shoulder with these guys, when I finally did grow up and fill out, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of had a little bit of a competitive advantage. Eric Cole is here on the Canes Corner Podcast, Hurricanes team ambassador, and whether he likes it or not, legend. <laughs> um, for, when did you hit your growth spurt? Because you weren't undersized as a player. I mean, you're what six one, six two, two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, we'll we'll call it we'll call it six two. Okay. Uh, and I I typically played I played at around two hundred five, two hundred six. My Victor Rask size. My first year or two, I was. Right. Maybe I, I played even lighter, um, which that's because you didn't I, have the beard. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was. I think it was more just. It was kind of. I had to have that little bit of a learning process that you needed just a little bit more size if you're going to deal yeah. with some of the bigger bodied, sure. uh, especially defensemen. Um, because when I first came in the league, it was what I like to refer to as prison rules. Um, so it was a lot different uh, than it is now. Okay. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, just somebody could just grab you or and throw you around right. or just ride you off into the corner, or, you know, punch you in the back of the head. The goalies could punch you with their blocker. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, uh, 
significantly different than you know what it is now um and so i think that that first year took such a toll on me okay. that it was man i'm going to have to start you know adding a little bit of weight just to be able to maintain you know my just my physical stature like throughout the season because that that year after my rookie year that second year uh i was I was probably broken down by the time the season started anyway, but once the season started, I was really broken down (laughs) and it was, uh, you know, separated shoulder after separated shoulder and, uh, I had some torn cartilage in my knee and it was just all things that I just, I can remember when I did the knee or I sprained my MCL and Paul Maurice, uh, caught me walking out of the rink, uh, after a game in St. Louis, when it happened, I got it taped up. I'm kind of hobbling and he's, just telling me that, you know, he needs more from me and I'm not giving enough <laughs> and I know your knee hurts, but you got to suck it up. And I was just like, oh man, <laughs> so here, here sure we go. you want to do this for a while. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, yeah, that was, that was another funny conversation um, with uh, Randy Latticeur who uh, informed me that I may not be able to, you know, lift my arms by the time I'm 50, but that's how I have to play. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound great. Um but yeah, it was that that year was pretty tough. So I I bulked up and uh, I played closer to uh, in between like two hundred five and uh, two ten probably for the later years of my career. We'll call it. Well, everybody knows what happened in March of two thousand six. Yeah. Um, but how are you physically now? Uh, I'm I'm okay. Uh, I think uh, Laddie was pretty accurate with the elbows. I can't touch my shoulders, so those aren't very good. I don't right. bend so well. Um, How often do we have to touch our own shoulders? Yeah, exactly. I, the only it. thing is I can't like tie a tie. I can't. When get was the last my, time you wore a tie? Uh, I can't remember. It was a while. Okay. So it's it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's why open I, that's collars why, are back in. That's why I can't I can't have a job where I have to wear a tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, well, if you uh, were a coach. Yeah, NHL I'd have head to. Coach, you'd have to wear a tie. I would. So we'll just we'll just keep going down this same path right, right now. So uh, physically, you're <laughs> no. I'm I, I'm good. There's good days and bad days. Uh, and you know, I'd say as long as I'm keeping up with everything and being smart about what I'm doing and right. staying in front of it, I learned enough through uh, all the physical therapy and mm-hmm. work that I had done with. Uh, out at APC, uh, work with Jamie Holt, work with Todd Staker. Uh, they really you know, taught me a lot. And if you just pay attention when you're getting this work done, you can have a better understanding of what's going on. Um, so, what's your workout level now? What? Oh, it's very minimal. <laughs> very, very minimal. Well, you're in pretty, you're in pretty good shape for, uh, for a former athlete because I know – how uh, you know once once the playing days are over, you don't you don't. Yeah, some, some, it's easy to go the other way. Sometimes you step on a beehive and you get you look like you got stung a few times. You got like <laughs> a little little allergy going. Um, yeah, I had I had a I had a little stretch there. Probably I don't know if it was in the first year. I think it was probably my second year uh, out of league, and I was like, oh man, like I got to tighten it up around here. Right. And so it, it's just you just pay attention to what you're. I could see what you're you putting doing in, yoga. What you don't. Uh, yeah, yoga would be good for you. I, yeah, but I, you know, I don't. I don't really love the idea of like going to like a yoga class. You do it at home. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I can. I do yoga at home. I can do stuff at home. It's it's fine. Get but, a P ninety X disc. Put the put yoga. Yeah. The yoga X in. Forty minutes of that, you'll be done. Yeah, I, finish. Sounds simple enough. No, I've got I've got things at the house that I can do. Like I just rather than going to the gym and you know working out for two hours or an hour and a half or what's, something what's like that? that. Yeah, like I I've got no interest in that. Like I'd rather just like live like a an active lifestyle and okay. uh, be out golfing. I'm on the ice with the kids. Uh, when I'm out there with them, I'm you know moving around and skating. Sure. Okay, demonstrating drills, challenging them, things like that. Just uh, try to stay active. Try to be on my feet all day. If um, you know if I'm not doing something and there's I'm just around the house, there's always something to do around a house like if you're a homeowner you know what i'm talking yes, about like absolutely <laughs> you can always find uh something to fix stalls? something to repair I, I don't particularly but i mean okay well, we could we could talk about that in the future i did that today yeah see there you go i did that today so for a couple of hours there's little things that i pay <laughs> attention to in, in that regard and if i'm ever you know feeling uh like my weaknesses or like i'm like weakness in my hands or anything like that mm-hmm. or if i then I just I know that I you know need to make some adjustments and uh, just kind of pay attention to that stuff just so because when you do get like an inflamed nerve or something uh-huh. trapped or uh, upset uh, I guess is the best way to say it it's uh, not fun and it's sure. a lot a lot harder to get back in front of it so. and I would imagine harder for somebody who was you know. A physical specimen back in the day. <laughs> right. I don't know about that either. <laughs> um, how hard was it for you? And this final question about this phase, uh, like, because I want to transition to some hurricane stuff. How hard was it for you to turn off your competitive side? I don't think I've turned it off yet. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, it, it's you seem hard. very it's, easygoing. It's hard to watch, like, well, it's even just like watching games, like your. Uh, you know, I, like I, I hit rewind all the time, and I point stuff out to, like, the people that are in the room with me. Or the, I mean, my son probably hates watching a game with me because I'm just coaching throughout it. But, right. Um, but he does learn from it, and we we go through highlights and stuff the next day. I'll be like, you know, oh, like, like I'll ask him, like, well, why did this happen? And he'll try and explain it to me, and I'm like, well, okay, now let's rewind the tape and go back to this moment and i was like you see this guy now watch what this guy does coming right. up the ice and just little things like that that um that bother me uh that don't always get mentioned you know during a broadcast or something like that sure. that i'm just like ugh like uh but no it's uh i think for the most part i'm i'm pretty easy going with like the you know the sports that I do play. Right. Uh, I'd say I'm I'm competitive uh, in golf. Like in golf for sure. Um, and then you practice in golf. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I never actually practice. Yeah, I actually do run myself through some practice sessions. No um, <laughs> it's the only. It honestly is the only way to to get better. It's right? such a hard sport. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I play I play slow pitch softball out in Wake Forest. With, Do you uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I play right field. I gladly ad- admit to that. I embrace it. <laughs> in in bring softball, it on. outfield's fine. Yeah, it's fine by Get me. Get some action out there. Yeah, I try and goat players uh, from the other team oh, into sure. hitting it my way, like I'm picking daisies or something. But Play shallow on Yeah, purpose, well, yeah. just like, you know, you want somebody to hit the you ball. You go back there. on the ball really well? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not too bad. I played I played outfield, so um, 
I yeah, I pretty much can figure it out. And know yeah, those what I'm of doing us who grew there. up in New York, we didn't have like youth soccer. <laughs> I mean, we all play. I all I I only played little league baseball. Yeah, That's we had see we had soccer in the 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 fall months, like early fall. So it was like when school started back up. So it was like September to end of October mm-hmm. would be soccer, and it was like just on the weekends. Uh, I don't think you rarely you would rarely have a practice. And then uh, hockey season was pretty much when the snow started falling mm-hmm. to when it was it started to melt. So that right. was you know November to uh, March, June, in April, in Central New York um, State. Well, we we'd have <laughs> snowbanks uh, on the ball field still. And <laughs> if you ever got pitched inside, it rang your oh, hands something gosh. fierce. You'd go in and put your hands on the radiator, like in mm-hmm. the in the school uh, the locker room. Oh yeah, yeah, old school. So, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I'd floorboard heating in my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we had those too. Um but I think uh I think competitively, like yeah, I'm it's still there, it's always gonna be there. Um but I at the same time there's with the result of how I had to end my career, mm-hmm. there's also that fine line of, yeah, I don't really have too much left to prove <laughs> well true kind of thing so like i'm i don't play in like a men's league hockey because i don't i don't want somebody to try and prove to me why like their their coach got something wrong or right. i, I uh, don't know whatever yes. like i don't I, I don't care like i i don't care like, if you I weren't just, worried about that would you play men's league hockey? absolutely okay yeah because it's some it's it's honestly a lot of fun it's a great time to like get out of the house and i oh, actually man. um my last couple of years playing, there was a like a Tuesday group, uh, like Steve Rice and Bates and okay. Jesse Aaron Ward was in it, and they had a, a bunch of good players that came out and skated, and it was like nine o'clock at night on like a Tuesday right. or something like that, and uh, and it was for me because I wasn't going like back to Dallas like anytime too early. It was a good way to just jump on the ice once a week and get some skates in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um and it and it's fun and it it was a more relaxed uh atmosphere, I think, than mm-hmm. what you would have if you were like playing in a league or something <laughs> like that. I only went to one uh men's league game. Uh one of the hockey dads like invited me to come play with them and I did. I wore a 20 pound weight vest like i had beer in my water bottle and i got told i couldn't have tried any less i got told i couldn't come back wait wait wait! it was horrible all of that i want i a 20 why did you wear a 20 pound weight vest well instead of wearing shoulder pads i wore a weight vest just make it okay. a little try and make it a little tougher on myself and okay carry around a little extra weight out there on the ice and then and, you had beer in your water bottle yeah and that sounds fair and le- legitimately i got i got told i couldn't come back or not to come back i was Really? It was I I honestly could not have tried any harder. It was it was unbelievable. I was pretty disappointed with that. So So that's that's when that's when the softball softball really kind of kicked in. At least I can I can, you know, play hard uh you know in in, in softball and by that you know, By the way, I already know that. And all that all that means is you just you you run hard when you hit the ball or something like that or you just Try in the outfield, things like I that. I already I'll, know. I'll lay, I'll lay this, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The headline is Eric safety Cole had never beer takes in his a holiday. <laughs> no, that's the headline. It's the, it's the headline right now. Oh my gosh! All right, um, you retired at what age? What were? How old were you? Uh, thirty-six. Wow. Yes. Yeah, considering everything you went through, the fact that you played until you were thirty-six is 
utterly remarkable. Yeah, that's I and that's kind of like one of the saving graces of it when you're trying to comprehend it all is uh I was fortunate enough to play nearly, you know, another decade right. after, after an injury like that. So so that was uh, you know, obviously great uh considering what could have been, but at the same time um you know, when it doesn't end the way that you want it to, it's always like a little frustrating. You didn't dictate your exit. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of players don't like that. Yeah. I mean, and I think it was just like the abruptness of it was uh, was especially disappointing just because of how well I'd been feeling like over the like the course of that season. Uh, I'd felt strong and healthy, and then it was just a, a nothing hit and. Uh, yeah, and to to hear the news was uh, was difficult mm-hmm. uh, to say the least, especially because I didn't I didn't think I was going to get anything other than clearance to to go back to play. Like I just right. it never even crossed my mind. Well, what if the doctor doesn't clear me because of like how I felt physically and uh, my past visit with that same doctor who had given me a second opinion before and cleared me. This to was play. in Detroit. This was. Uh, going to L.A. to see this, uh, but the but the the, the, the injury, injury happened was in, Detroit. in Detroit. Yeah, and so I had Your seen a minutes with the Detroit Red. Yeah, yeah, that and that was the other thing. I was just starting to get comfortable there and right. like figure out everything with you know line mates and things like that. And uh, um, yeah, I, I saw the specialist on Thursday. I went and got work done in Toronto over the weekend rather than traveling with the team I was no I'll do the right thing and right. get healthy I'm here for the playoffs and uh got back Sunday night I was on the ice with Riley Shahan uh just the two of us uh, for a Monday skate the team had the day off and we had a big week that week Boston was coming to town Ottawa who was like red hot was coming to town uh-huh. and uh I was all set to jump back in the lineup and I got a phone call to my hotel room at Eight thirty nine p.m. at night on Monday, saying that the the guy I saw on Thursday changed his mind and isn't going to clear me, and this is what's happening. It was just yeah, so it was really frustrating, uh, like how it all happened, how it all came to be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to the Hurricanes uh, captain, who's thirty seven years old and still in great shape, and there the nights where he's got it going, he's exceptional yeah um and there are nights where it's not and i'm sure he knows it i know the head coach knows it yeah i think roddy uh, actually the other day says yeah he's, you know, he's every once in a while he throws in a stinker i uh, guess like we all do uh what what do you notice from justin williams game he's certainly been on a hot streak he's scored in five straight and what six of seven before uh being kept off the score sheet in new york yeah i think for me i, I feel like um, well, one, it's, it's nice to see, like, with him having ownership of of the group and of the of the team and the room and everything. And I think that uh, as the season has progressed, the uh, you know his game has progressed. I think it, you know he started out, you know, with that on that high. He was really excited mm-hmm. to to be in the position he was and the role and everything. And uh, had a great start to the season. And then I think there was just that little bit of a lull um, where you know things. And it kind of happened with the whole team, uh, where they, you know, avoided the miserable road trip and you know right. things like that. Um, and so they they kept themselves uh, 
in good position. But you know, it happens every year with every team. There's always going to be some some down downward mm-hmm. spirals or downturns that uh, you know you have to find a way to you know counter that with you know a few of the uh, the upswings uh, of a season. But I think that for me, it just looks like he's just really comfortable with where he's at and uh, who's around him, what's around him. Um, You know, like you said, like on nights where he does have it going, it's evident. Uh, I mean, he's had uh, a couple really good bursts of speed. I thought even the other night uh, uh, going wide on a defender, cutting in, uh, Mm -hmm. creating some chances. So, uh, you know, he's he's still, uh, for me, you know, one of the elite players in the league. Uh, and especially when he's going. And then I think that because he's so smart on the ice, like on nights where, you know, he's his body isn't feeling that great or whatever, he doesn't have it going, you know, he can he can use his smarts and think his way around the ice to kind of help compensate for that. Uh, but I just, I, I, I think that, you know, with where the team's at and, uh, you know, where, you know, one game left uh, before the break here, um, you know, who'd have thought that the Rangers – game would be the one that they uh mm-hmm. uh you know don't uh, capitalize on well uh, you need to give the team a pep talk because the <laughs> last time the hurricanes won I, at madison square garden i heard that a third period power play goal from eric cole was the difference i mean is that psychological is because it has to be psychological because they're not even competitive in most of these games yeah um it's remarkable it, it, it actually you know the like, aggregate score by the way is like 62 22 it's bad yeah in it's, Madison um, Garden. i think it i think it kind of goes both ways where a sure. team that's hosting knows it yep. or, and especially the players that have been there like hank knows it for sure um <laughs> yeah but uh when i when it, you know this is just a, a for instance of that where when I was with Detroit, we played a game in Philadelphia, and they're like, "Yeah, go get ready for this one. We're, it's going to be like playing, you know, the the Oilers of the old days." And I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "These guys just play <laughs> unreal at home against us." This is right. Henrik Zetterberg's telling me this. I'm like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "We haven't won in Philadelphia in like eight years," he said, or something like that. And I was right. like, "I was like, no way." You know what I mean? To think about it, but then obviously. You know they were in the Western Conference for a little while, so maybe there wasn't as many visits sure. as like I had envisioned. But then, uh, and sure enough, we went in there and I think we lost like three <laughs> one. I was like, man. And but I think it is like a, a mentality that can kind of creep into uh, to a team psyche a little bit. But well, of late, it just didn't make a difference where the Hurricanes play the Rangers. The numbers against the Rangers. Regardless of where they play, they could play on the dark side of the moon. Yeah, uh, I think Carolina is five twenty and seven. Yeah, that's no. I'm sorry, six because we have there. There was the eight five win oh, in yeah, the third yeah. game of the, this the season, Sunday. which was also a weird, uh, a very weird game. What well, do you th- but the thing is, like in that game, you know, if uh, if folks scores that goal in the second period, uh, on the, Might ba- be different. the backdoor pass, I really think there's a different outcome because that was when they were making their push and they were getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good opportunities to score. And I think that something like that is, you know, it's the momentum of the game that either shifts or it doesn't. And, you know, Hank throws a stick and yard sales. That was amazing. All of his gear and whatnot <laughs> uh, over that way. And, you know, gets a, gets a leg on it. And that was so, vintage. But, I mean, he would, 
you know, most players, you're going to make that, you're going to score that goal nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. So uh, so that was unfortunate. I think if that had been a little differently, I think it would have turned the tide of the game a little bit uh, in the Hurricanes' favor. In your, your rookie, so you had a good rookie season. Andrei Svechnikov has gone through now about eight or nine games where it's kind of gone the other way. He's in the penalty box basically all the time. Um, what, if you could give advice to Svechnikov? Yeah, yeah. so I did that my second year where I did the parade to the penalty box. And <laughs> I think I had, I might have led the league in minor penalties that year. Um, but uh, I think it's just, he, it's, for me, it's probably like a, a skating issue more so. Um, focus more on just skating and, and hunting people down with your legs rather than with your stick. Mm-hmm. Like if you think you're there, take two extra strides or, you know, like um, there's something I like I, you know, and obviously NHLers know this, but you back check a player like on their forehand side. Because eventually a player is going to try and expose the puck to their forehand to make a play or to shoot the puck. Or if they leave it on their backhand, then, you know, that's a best-case scenario for everybody else to try and defend. Um, And so, you you know, you just take those few extra strides and just sit there on that forehand side and wait for it rather than almost like pestering somebody when they're skating away with the puck. You know, they know you're there. They know you're just... Keep quiet. Leave your stick out of it, and mm-hmm. just you know, it's almost like being sneaky about it. Like just skate a little bit more, and then when that person exposes the puck, then jump at the opportunity and win your stick battle or win body position. Is that uh, also a transition from juniors to the NHL? I think, yeah. Why? Well, I, I think it's also that time of the year. Like it's okay. So <laughs> yeah. like, especially for a rookie. Yeah, it's uh, you know, he he may think that like he's skating and this and that but i'm i'm sure like i'm sure this break is coming at a good time for him Mm -hmm. uh just because it'll start to wear on you a little bit this was the time that like eric Stahl really started to break down his uh his rookie year uh it was his roommate that year so i got to witness that firsthand um (laughs) (laughs) i mean he just i'd never seen somebody sleep so much he just uh you know i i would wake him up as i was walking out the door and i'd go down and order my breakfast and he'd always have french toast and bacon so i'd order it for him and right he'd come down wow, you and ordered eric Stahl's breakfast oh yeah yeah all right, so another he headline would... i have alternate headlines <laughs> so, <laughs> well so because he was just he needed the extra rest he was just so tired um i think lavi even gave him a day off one day i think that i think the the bigger issue was he played like 28 minutes or something like that in a game at home against detroit okay and it just buried him it was <laughs> <laughs> he was tired the rest of the year. So so it's that. Rod Brindamore laughs at that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He would have played 30 minutes yeah. if he could. Um, but it was, I, I, I think it, for uh, for Svechnikov, it's uh, just, a, just a matter of kind of the growth mm-hmm. and the maturing process of, of learning how to play night in, night out in the league. And uh, I think, you know, he's obviously shown uh, a ton of upside, so he'll get yeah. better and better, and he'll figure out more and more of the, the nuances of it and the little tricks of the trade and things like that as he goes, uh, what works for him, what doesn't, uh, how to prepare and uh, things like that. So uh, definitely, a, you know, a great upside for him. And I think, you know, and just in the short term, he just needs to focus on, it's just 
playing with speed, playing with mm-hmm. pace, and I think the rest will, will take care of itself. What have you seen from the maturation of Sebastian Ajo? Oh, it's, it's almost like a rookie season again because he's playing the middle pretty much exclusively. Uh, and then now without Jordan in the lineup, and we don't know when Jordan's coming back, yeah. the fact that he's essentially not only the one center, but he's taking a lot of key face-offs. He's first or second unit on the penalty kill as well. So what have you seen from him? Well, I think he, you know, he's definitely taking ownership of uh, you know, the responsibilities and the opportunities that are there, which is great. Um, and uh, you know, it's hard to say it's like a, you know, a rookie season for him all over again cuz he's just he's so smart uh, on the ice and just little things and that was something that Ronnie would point out about him like um, you know, it could be like a little power play breakout and uh, they're coming up the ice, and he'll put his stick inside the blue line for that pass rather, on his backhand rather than having it here on his forehand and having to transfer the puck. Right. So if he's got it inside the line already, he's going to keep everybody onside, and the pass can get there mm-hmm. a little bit later. And uh, just little things like that. And um, you can always kind of tell when somebody's a, a coach's son. Uh, right, he is. Sudsy was a, a lot that way too. Like his stick position was always great. He just, you know, really – thought his way around the ice very well was always in really really uh great uh brandon sutter okay okay got it yeah okay (laughs) thought you knew that one sorry i didn't uh no yeah i didn't i didn't know uh that he was sudsy you never heard no i never heard that i wasn't around i really wasn't around the team as much during the brandon sutter uh era although i did tell brandon once that his father was my favorite islander non-mike bossy edition because everybody loved yeah. Bossy first, but uh, Brent Sutter was my favorite Sutter brother. Not even like wow, the Fontaine Trottier. No, I was already I'd, I'd already gone to school by the time Pat okay. Fontaine and Flatley and those guys had taken over. But I I mean I became a hockey fan in the late seventies, mid mid seventies as the Islanders were coming into their own, and all my friends were Rangers fans. So I hated the Rangers immediately. Uh, I became an <laughs> Islander fan, and I didn't. They weren't even supposed to be great. When I became a, came an Islander fan, I was like, "Look what I came in!" Yeah, like two years later, boom, winning cups. It was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's actually nice to see uh, them back in the Coliseum a little bit there too. Oh yeah, no, the yeah. game, and maybe Carolina is just better playing at Nassau Coliseum than they are uh, Barclays Center. Can Aho be a one center? Um, I think so. I think it depends depends on the matchup, really. Like, I mean, do you really have a a one through four, I mean this team. I th- I feel like you know in a lot of the situations and a lot of teams now. I mean, you definitely need what I would just call like it. it, it you, you need top six and you need bottom six. Okay. You need you need your top six guys that can compete against other teams' top lines and produce, uh, and then you need you know your bottom six guys to be even or better players. Uh, they need to outwork other teams, mm-hmm. uh, provide energy, provide penalty killing, uh, typically. Um, but I think that those are the guys that kind of, uh, you know, drive the momentum of of the team and the pace uh, with their shifts. They create energy for, uh, you know, the the other guys on the roster, and they the other guys feed off of that. And it, and it also it does reciprocate the other way too, um, because. It all has to work together. A lot of the work that gets done by, you know, energy guys and what they do and wearing down teams and uh, putting in good shifts, you know, benefits all the 
the rest of the lines mm-hmm. and it's vice versa. It's, you know, it's a carousel that has to, you know, you know, continue to keep moving and, and everyone has to flow and, and work for one another. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think it, it, you know, depending on personnel and like matchups and stuff like that, is he a number one? I don't know. I mean, he, he could be, is he like the prototypical number one? Eh, probably not. Right. Um, but what is, you know, what is the prototypical now? Right. Because it it's, seems like it's forever changing. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, there were some years where it was the, you know, bigger body centermen right. that, um, yeah. you know, every team wanted, needed. And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, there's Spezza, Stalzi, um, you know, Malkin, uh, you know, Sutter was a, another big body centerman. Uh, it seemed like that was what everybody wanted. Ryan mm-hmm. gets laugh, like just, you know, guys that were big and could still move and make plays. Um, and now it's, I mean, is Johnny Goudreau a number one for yeah. certain? So it's, <laughs> so I think it's, you know, Ask it's Elias Lindholm today. It's, yeah, well, that's, you know, he's having a, a tremendous year and he's, you know, got the benefit of, you know, playing with two great players out there mm-hmm. in Calgary. So, um, and a lot of that too is just, uh, you know, more so what he has the benefit of is he's playing for a coach that, you know, showed a mm-hmm. lot of confidence in him uh, and a lot of belief in him. And I think that when you have that, it'll translate, you know, through that player onto the ice. Uh, you know, Peter, that's one thing Peter Laviolette was really great at uh, for us, you know, in those years uh, playing was that he, you know, he made you believe in what you were capable of and, and then some. Mm-hmm. In fact, he lots of times he... He'd tell you that you're, you know, you're probably never going to achieve what he thinks you can, uh, and stuff like that. So he uh, he had a, a knack for doing that, and I think Roddy's of that of that make too. Where yeah. you know he he believes in, in in what guys are trying to do, and you know believes in what he's he's preaching to them and, mm-hmm. and teaching to them, and uh, you know it's just a matter of them you know going out and executing it. But I definitely see you know the team uh, you know that. For a little while there, you know, the, with the home stretch and everybody was kind of balking at it because they didn't, you know, think they got enough points as they should have or things like that. Right. Or, um, they didn't. But, they didn't. They, they, that's what they thought, too. Well, yeah, but you you, know, you can't always let that creep in uh, with with that mentality. You can't just, you know, look at one stretch of games in the, in the season in December and, and think that it's make or break. Right. Um, because, you know, well, stranger things have happened, but when you look at that, like, you know, you're going to, you know, if, if you, if you do succeed and you, you, you gain the points that you think you should or expect to, or maybe even more so than, than you do, right. then maybe, um, you know, you, you get a little bit too complacent with that, or you, you know, you think that you've accomplished something when really haven't and you're, or you're riding this high when really you shouldn't be. Or if you go the other way and you lose out on all that, then you're riding this low that you don't need to be riding this low either. You need to stay right there somewhere in the middle. <laughs> That's probably the best thing that Brenda Moore has done. I mean, I think he's done a lot of a lot of really good things, and, and I think he's going to grow into a great coach. Uh, but his ability to keep things on an even keel and convince them that what we're doing is the right way to do it, we will eventually get rewarded for it. Uh, and they have really over the last three weeks, apart from what happened in New York against yeah. the Rangers. I mean, I could argue they played great against Nashville, but I would argue that they played better against Tampa. 
than they did against Nashville and ultimately two late power plays and the whole thing is you get nothing out of it. Yeah. But they played really, really well. Yeah, they they did. And Tampa's such a dangerous team that it kind of it goes to show how, how well they played, uh, you know, given how the game uh, progressed and mm-hmm. uh, how, how tight checking was. But they, I mean, that's another game too where they had, had some chances. Uh, it was pretty... Uh, pretty impressive for them to get the uh the goal disallowed the second game in a row there right. but um <laughs> but yeah no it's um i would agree with with that that uh and that and i think that that's a good thing to see is uh see a team rise up to a challenge like that and a game like that uh especially you know at that point in the season um you know they just come off of a pretty good stretch and uh you know won a couple games and so they could have just written that game off but they went after it and uh gave themselves a chance to win and competed with the league's best uh you know right up until like you said late and i didn't particularly love all the penalties that were called in that game they probably should have both been four on four situations to be honest in my opinion i thought there was a dive an embellishment on the first penalty um, and it was probably a weak call anyway, but it was Sechnikov, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, as a, and should looked like it should have been an embellishment, and I thought that there was an elbow before McKegg slashed. Yeah. I mean, on both of those situations, but yeah. that's not the way it was called. Well, I think, and sometimes Maybe that's just, that's just a, also could be a situation where that's the home team, and, you know, and like it's... Steve Logan always says the referees know who's supposed to win. Yeah, well, and that's kind of was going to be my next point, was they, <laughs> you know, they go into the room they have all the little game sheets and they know what the records right. are and who's who's had more power play opportunities who's taken more penalties they they study all that stuff they right. know they know all those uh stats uh you know heading into it and whether it you know affects their decisions or not like i don't know i'm not in their shoes but right you would like to think that uh you know just at the end of the day and at the end of the season you know all those calls and everything Somehow even out in the end. Eric Cole, before I let you go, I have three very quick questions for you. Uh, one is serious, and the other two are kind of... Uh, <laughs> Wait, uh, you ask serious questions? Occasionally. Uh, first thing, and because I've always wondered this, do line, d- does a line mate matter? Like Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravainen are essentially joined at the hip. They have been separated occasionally this year, but for the most part, those two guys are always together. I have always pointed to the fact that when you were playing on the right side of Stahl, Eric was about a point and a quarter a game. And when you weren't, he was about .75. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that, um, not just how great you were as a player. <laughs> uh, but does it matter? Do you, do you think it matters? I think that, um, I think that in, in, in the case with... Uh, uh, Teravainen and Aho, I, I feel like they could be, they could be separated and still be okay on on different lines. I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Turbo would probably struggle a bit more with it mm-hmm. than uh, uh, than Aho would. I think that, I think that, but I I do think that they kind of fuel one another. I think that. You know, having the relationship that they do, um, where they can they talk about it and they they just know where 
they are on the ice. If you, if you watch them, especially in the offensive zone, and there's a lot of there's a lot of little passes that go on into even into tight areas that they make look very seamless and mm-hmm. easy. Um, even though it is actually going into like a bit of a traffic area, they just know where one another are and how to how to feed off of each other. So um, I don't see that. Uh, changing anytime soon i think that uh i think that Ferlin on the on the other wing is a, a good complement to those two um i think that he allows them to uh, to use that space i think he can he's a bigger body presence that can open up space for mm-hmm. them um so i i think that it's it's a good fit in that in that regard i think that i think that every line really needs to have you know players on it that can open up ice for other guys to to make plays and uh things like that or you know it, i mean it could be a trio of guys that are uh creating space for one another but um i think uh i think it's just a little bit of that you know familiarity that you know it, it helps with the confidence and it, it really is a, it's a confidence thing um where you're you just get you get used to something or you uh see the game a certain way and then or you learn the game a certain way and then having to uh, try and transition or, you know, figure out a, a different way to to go about, you know, playing the game uh, can be difficult at times. Uh, I mean, I will, I'll, I'll say that for me, like it was, it was usually uh, a little bit different anytime I went to like a new team or I had uh, a new situation that I was put mm-hmm. with where I was so used to playing uh, a certain way with uh, with Stalzy and we had a lot of su- success with it just you know being north south and um, and having you know a guy on the left wing you know whether it was Stiller or, or Wits whoever uh, that was making plays and Corey he, Stillman and Ray know, Whitney so people who don't know oh, I knew sorry. those I knew those nicknames Andrew Ladd uh, played there briefly too Ladder. like so uh, Samson off <laughs> yeah so it's a uh, so it, Sammy, um, <laughs> but uh, but we, like when I went to Edmonton, it was a struggle trying to figure out how to play with two guys that Gretzky have been playing and... together for a bunch of years, and Horkoff yeah. and Hemsky. And right. I felt like every time we we're on the ice, Hemsky was just coming over to my side of the ice anyway and cutting me off, and I was just like, <laughs> I didn't know where to go. It's like, well, what do I do with my hands, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so it, it it can be, you know, it can be tricky. I. You know, I had the same thing in in Dallas a little bit too, where, um, you know, it was I was playing I was playing on the left side quite a bit, which I wasn't overly as comfortable with. You like playing on your off wing? I, I always did. I just I think uh, I think part of that though is because um, I played left wing all through college mainly, um, but when I got to the minors in Cincinnati, I played right, and so I learned how to you know, play the game like that year uh, at a higher pace from the right side, how to protect the puck and just things like that. Um, and then same thing when I got here and I was playing with, with Roddy and you know, Marty Jelena and then Bates. Um, you know, like I learned how to, I learned how to get up and down the ice and find my way around the rink you know, mainly on that right side. And a lot of it's more the defensive side of the puck. It's not so much right. outside of the D zone. It's more so just your shoulder checks and uh, body position, stick position, things like that on the breakouts. Um, 
that are the, the, the things that you have to adjust to. So, um, so I, I will say that when you, you, you play one way or you, you, you play a certain way or with certain people for an extended period of time, uh, and you have success, um, you know, when you do change, you're trying to recreate that and it's near impossible. All right, I only have, uh, we only have a couple more seconds left. Uh, I, we never go this long on the Canes Corner podcast, by the way. I'm long winded. Uh, no, you, no, I'm you're, no, uh, you're interesting, <laughs> not, uh, not long winded. I could, uh, when, look, I could do another hour, but we're not going to. Um, does Landon have a Hurricanes sweater and oh what gosh. number is on the back of it? He has he has more than one, but he does have a current one. Um, so uh, he had he had had a twenty six. Obviously, he did. Uh, well, back when he was back a, when a yeah, little boy. Yeah, back when uh, I was playing here and everything, he had a he had a twenty six uh, that he would wear. I think he also had a third jersey twenty six. That was like kind of like the first year that uh, I became I, I managed to squeeze into like his top five. Oh, really? Favorite Hurricanes that were on the team. Uh, yeah, it was usually like Wardo, right? Cam, like Cam Ward, uh, and Stalzy. Um, and then there might have been a, a moment or two where uh, Cam got dethroned by Justin Peters, uh, because Justin, interesting. Well, Justin Peters came to the house and oh, played, okay. played yeah. a played a real mean game of uh, little stick hockey uh, <laughs> with Landon on the floor at the time, which uh, which carried a lot of weight. Um, <laughs> But it wasn't. It was my last year here playing, where I think Landon was like, like yeah, he kind of realized like, oh, like my dad's not that bad of a player, right? And uh, I think in uh, in years before that and times before that, he would, or it might even have been even after that, but he would like be. He's oh well, I you know, I scored four goals at my game or whatever. <laughs> Dad hasn't scored four goals or something like that. Um, but so so anyway, there are two current uh, Hurricanes jerseys at my house. One is in Ajo, uh, but that is that belongs to my daughter Bella. Okay. Uh, and then um, Landon, we were at the game where we got Bella's jersey, and Landon was kind of picking through and trying to decide on who to get. Right. And he, and he asked my opinion. Like he's like, "Well, who would you get?" And I said, "I was like." I'd get I'd get your jersey, bud. Right, and so he wears uh, he has a, a seventy two uh, Cole. Uh, oh, look at that! Yeah, Hur- the, Hurricanes jersey. The backup, the backup Cole. So that's number. what. Yep. Yeah, so that's what that's what he has. Uh, that's what he wears to the games. He so wears wears seventy two on our. Did you team. send Michael Fora back to uh, back to Europe? <laughs> Because Fora apparently disgraced your number. No, that was not my doing. I think maybe the pressure got to him. <laughs> the, the expectation was too much. Do you have any of your old jerseys? I have far too many of my old jerseys. Do you? Look, you were you're again. I'm I'm kidding and not kidding at the same time. Hurricanes legend, but I mean your numbers. You have a Canadiens jersey. I actually do not. You didn't. You don't. You, that's the one you didn't keep. They no. They don't let you. They don't give you one. <laughs> really? They don't offer you one. What? <laughs> that seems wrong. To yeah, me. I know. It's uh, it's a little weird. Uh, I have one for I think every other team I've played on, but that's like the one team that they don't. I yeah. I think. Oh, that's pretentious. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> there is one at like uh, 
it's at Clarkson University, like at the Cheel Arena. Okay. Uh, which is, I think it was, uh, actually I think it might have been one that I sent down there for them to hang uh, up at, at the arena when, right. I was, when I was playing there. And so they still have that. And so I think I've negotiated a fair trade of like an old either Canes jersey or something. Oh, so you're going to get a... I, I think I'll be able to manage okay. it. Yeah. That just seems like yeah yeah. It's honestly it's it's the only one I don't have. I I'm legit. Like I mean, I even have uh, the the retirement jerseys. Those are fun ones to have. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have Ronnie's, Roddy's, um, and those guys like wrote notes on them. Then we had uh, uh, I had Glenn Anderson in uh, Edmonton. I was at nice. his his retirement, uh, which was a cool scenario because of all those guys came back for it um and then uh mike madonna so another wow. another cool one too especially because uh, i'd played with mo and roomed with them uh at like the worlds and uh olympics and, and the, he was on the olympic team in 06 yeah we we're roommates in the uh, nice yeah what did he order french toast and uh no bacon every was, day too? i tell you what the food there was <laughs> a little suspect it was just that was Norway, I, yeah, right? it was, uh, no, it was in, uh, uh, Turin? uh, Italy. Yeah. yeah Torino. 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 Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, the food in the village wasn't that great. I'm not gonna lie. It was, right. it was a little, little suspect. Do this again another time. We have, I have a lot more questions, but we don't have time. We've already gone too long. People have, people hung up. I, I, I keep, hour ago. I keep waiting for my, my call back to. Oh no, we have to do that. To kick Joe out. Well, let's I mean. do it. We'll, well, let's go down the hall and negotiate a vacation day for Joe, an unscheduled vacation day. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That's this week's Kane's Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Canes coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Canes radio flagship, 99.9 The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.